The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. In the wise words of the artist known as Tiffany, I think we're alone now. There doesn't seem to be anyone around except for the people around me because this is beyond episode 579 and I am your host, Jonathan Dornbush. I am joined by Brian Altano. What the, where does this come from? Max days? Scoville. Tiffany didn't write that song. That's a cover. I know it's a cover, but it's stuck it's in my song. head. Is, is it coming from Umbrella Academy? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, and cool. Andrew Goldfarb. Hey. Hey, Andrew. Uh, uh, going to the Beyond Facebook group, we're going to start off the show right here. Uh, Patrick Jacobson said, you better have Goldfarb on. And there's a reason for that, Andrew. Why don't you take it away? I don't want to steal your announcement. Oh, uh, I'm uh, leaving IGN next week. This feels familiar. Uh, but this time <laughs> is different. Well, I mean, I think. What? <laughs> you always say that. What a proper way to say it. Uh, yeah, no, uh, <laughs> next, week, next week is my last week at IGN uh, again. But this time, I know it, it's a little different. I actually didn't realize until someone pointed out this morning that I was here way longer this second time than before I left. Because I was there from 2011, 2014, the first time, and then I think I it just—it probably just feels that way because you had to work with me this time. It's like a full year longer. No, that was the best part. Really, made it go by so fast. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so you're. Yeah, this is good, right? This is yeah. Good oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I have a new. I'm not just like I didn't like get kicked out the door or anything. I have a, I have a new thing lined up that I can talk about. Hopefully next week. If not, we'll I'll probably just tweet it out right after. Uh, right after. But, but yeah, um, wanted to have yeah. you on, obviously, because we'll only have a few more weeks with you here to have <laughs> yeah. you on every week. Uh, but as you've been my boss for the last almost three years, uh, thank yeah. you for everything. It's, it's also – it is crazy seeing the number 579 because it's been like 300 what episodes. Would, do you remember your first episode number? I would have to look it up. It was um, – oof, man. It would be somewhere in the twos, I think. Okay. I came to 200 as a fan. But it, yeah, it's somewhere in the twos. Yeah, but okay, and obviously it was here for three hundred. Yeah, and hopefully you'll be back for six hundred. Maybe, yeah. That's the thing. I can't say what my new thing is, but I think it allows an opportunity for me to eventually be back in the show. So hopefully, we'll see. Why'd you point at me? Max is my new boss. You're, you're, you're taking Max's care of Peppers. Personal yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, that'd be great. Be yeah. Uh, of course, beyond Andrew, unfortunately, leaving us, we do have plenty of things to talk about this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, we're going to talk about the fact that, uh, Brian and Max, you guys have been playing Far Cry New Dawn. Yep. Uh, I haven't gotten my hands on it. I played a bit of Far Cry 5, but I'm interested in the tone this one is taking. But first, before we dive too, de- too deep into it, I want to just get a general sense of how you guys are feeling about it. I like <laughs> a general sense. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I I like it a lot. Like it's um, it's more Far Cry, and that's great yeah. if that's what you want. If you're 
burned out on these games, don't touch this. It's pretty much identical to everything you've played before. Um, there's a couple minor touches this time around that are exceedingly doofy and fun and uh, sort of bend the rules and logic of the world a little bit. But for the most part, this is a, a direct one-to-one recreation of Hope County map from Far Cry 5. Uh, the story has been moved 18 years forward after the events of Far Cry 5, which were very explicitly spoiled during the Game Awards, um, <laughs> which is like a really interesting ending I liked that they sort of just like tossed away. It's post-apocalyptic-ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, it's the same map, so it's not that different. It's you know, got about like some stuff. Sort of 10% annihilation. Uh, where things flowers. are flowering, colorful, and the, the white deer. Yeah, the 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 animals are reskinned to be a little more weird and interesting. Bit mossy. Anything yeah, have two heads? No, no. That's too. That's too much to. That's, yeah, like yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like they actually didn't go. They didn't go far enough with that side of it. Mm-hmm. And I sat down. And I started playing it, and I kept saying to myself, "Oh, this is a really cool new area." No, it's not. I've been here before. I was here 11 months ago. <laughs> That's the weird thing game. about it being that close together yeah. to Far Cry 5. That mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, cause Primal is obviously a, what, the same map as 4, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. But they were further apart, or at least they felt further apart. This there's feels a, like there's it's a been huge so difference soon. to that yeah. visually. Yeah. This feels too soon. Um, it's also, like I said, unabashedly a reskin of Far Cry 5 and a direct sequel to that. But it's also a budget price game. It's $39.99. So, like, if you want more Far Cry and you, Want something bigger and meatier than the DLC that they dropped after five, but you're you're not ready. You don't want to wait another year or two for their mm-hmm. next game. This exists. Uh, I found the story to be like um, just irredeemably bad. Really, it was just like it was. It, it bordered on parody. It was like it didn't connect with me in any way. The world itself is a goddamn blast. I don't. <laughs> so that's like, where I'm really torn on this. Game. I don't skip cutscenes. Yeah. I usually just like kind of politely let them play and then check my phone and pretend I'm listening. I skip the cutscenes here. Yeah. Wow. Um, is it the dialogue? Is it the characters themselves? Uh, like the acting? A little bit of all the it? above. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, the weird thing is, like, I really I wasn't wild about Far Cry Five. Um, I think because I always like Far Cry because it is this kind of like bizarre sort of like tur- you know tourism where you're like, oh, you're going to a crazy wacky island or the, the Himalayas or whatever. You're going some faraway place. And then they were like, Montana. And I was like, ah, it's America kind of. You know, I haven't been to Montana, but it's there's enough stuff that it's... I think, that, I think that game was for people who live in the Himalayas. Right. Which is, I mean, that's an awfully <laughs> like, like, I don't know what the somewhere so different than American what version of Eurocentrism is, yeah. but be like, I live in America, I see America all the time. But uh, I think that it has this this issue where because everything is sort of familiar, I notice the things that are inaccurate, yeah. the, the parts that are the most video gamey. Like I've never been to like, I don't know, the, the South, South Pacific Islands, like whatever the hell the island from Far Cry 3 was. I've never been to anywhere like that. So that was like whatever parts of that that were video gamey, I was just like, I, it's all it's all wacky to me. It's fine. Yep, sure. But for the American part, I was like, you know, no, they, they wouldn't have a barcade here. This is, you know, completely <laughs> ludicrous. Like it's kind of a, almost a like a a, a locative ludonarrative dissonance, like based yeah. on my own personal experiences. Um, but in this case, they were like, it, it felt like kind of a half measure. Where I like this, I like New Dawn better than Five, even though it was a familiar map. And they definitely lightened up on some systems. Like flying vehicles are much less of a thing. There's like a handful of helicopters. Uh, I don't. I think there's like, are there any flying missions? 
Um, there's an entire subset of flying missions that aren't, aren't directly connected to the campaign. Okay. But yeah, um, unlike, unlike five, which had like a ton of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's the weird thing about this game is that like you unlock fast travel almost immediately and you can spend perks on leveling up everything. Everything feels like a stripped down, even the UI and everything is a stripped down version of Far Cry. A lot of the crafting is gone. A lot of the sort of exploration is laid out in front of you. There's not really a lot of mystique in terms of like how many, animals are in the game like there's a menu for that everything's there um something i really don't like and uh, you know you kind of you get what you, you pay for with a, a sort of budget price like watered down version uh i always love the, the the weapon customization in far cry yeah and like you'd get different like you know you're like, oh you got to kill five badgers to get a new stock for your rifle yep. or whatever mm-hmm. in this case every gun is is like its own sort of unique loadout yeah like it's okay. not like you can't swap parts in and out it's just like Oh, you now get a tier two gun. It costs this many parts to upgrade. Yeah, you can you can upgrade your sort of like ammunition and your uh, running speed and stuff like that. Um, some of them forever. It's just basically like ticking it up one percent. Um, and so like there's a lot of stuff about it that feels like stripped out and slimmed down and repetitive and the borderline obnoxious. But it's Far Cry, and I love Far Cry. And I spent the first few hours of this game being like. This is too soon. Mm-hmm. I don't need this. And then you kept uh, playing. And then yeah. And then three days went by, and I was like, "Oh, I put twenty five hours into this game. I stayed what? up until four o'clock in the morning one night wow. playing the Shit. outpost, which I'm I'm an old man with. You're a, kid. a father. Yeah, I don't do that anymore. And like my wife came in and she was like, "What are you doing?" And I was like cackling maniacally at the screen. I was sending in like I was doing that thing where you go to an outpost and you throw in bait and a, like a cougar attacks a man, and then you have your dog, and then you snipe another guy and you blow up a. T- and someone's like, oh, like, and it's just so much fun. And then they hear you and you go crazy and you shoot everyone and they call in choppers. It's so fun. I yeah. love it. No, it's it, great. But it's it's totally junk food, comfort food, right? That's exactly it. Like yeah. it feels like it feels like uh, when you get like a giant bag of Doritos or something and you're like, I shouldn't have this many Doritos. I don't need this many Doritos. I should have something. I should. I need actual food. But yep. you keep eating it and you're just like, oh, but it, oh, I almost eat the whole. I'm going to eat the whole bag. Yeah. I, and you're I just. Mean, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate how much of like a video game video game it is a lot. And also the fact that like the outpost system this time around is really cool. So you can take over outposts. And by doing that, you get like this fake chemical called like methanol or something that you can put into your camp. It's totally a real chemical. Is it? Yeah. Ethanol <laughs> is, is alcohol that you can run a car with. I, okay. Cause like you can also use it to build a health store. <laughs> Right. So <laughs> it's, it's anyway. Yeah. So you have this hometown <laughs> called Prosperity, which is, so it is like cartoonishly labeled. Like everything in the town is just like the way someone designs a lemonade stand. <laughs> like it says like weapons, grenades, <laughs> helicopters. Yeah. Like the backwards S. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's just like wooden slats with white paint that just say health. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I guess I got to go there for health because I think they made it first and they were like, no one knows where anything is. And they're like, make it very clearly defined. And it's just obnoxious <laughs> and they over the top. Find it, yeah. And so you you uh, take over an outpost. You get a bunch of this chemical. You bring it back home. You upgrade your shit. Uh, and then you go back to that outpost and you can just keep it as like a, a store that you have in the wild, which is pointless because you can fast travel anywhere or you can scrap it and then bad guys come in and take it over again and they're tougher this time. And you can keep doing that for all 10 outposts. So basically you have 30 outposts to play and they keep getting more and more difficult and you get perks and more chemicals for like doing like headshots or for like taking out everybody without getting caught. And that stuff is a blast. They do something really cool where when you, ba- it's called like what is it scavenging yeah when you scavenge something uh if you you can do it infinite amount of times yep. uh 
but it'll change the position of alarms. I think you said that. Is that, yeah, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Which is great oh, because it entirely changes how you approach yeah. the yeah. mission, depending so, on whether your gun's blazing or not. Yeah, know? and so you can keep you can keep playing outposts over and over again, which are the best part of Far Cry. Everyone right. knows that. Um, and you can go in, and they are randomized, and the placement of, of characters is randomized, and your attempts can be randomized, and so it starts feeling more and more fresh. The problem is after a while, you run out of things to buy and to upgrade. Mm-hmm. And I did all of this stuff. I did all the legendary hunts. I did all this other stuff. Um, to not touch the story missions. Like the story missions were lava to me in this game. I was like, you, I don't want to touch them. I don't want to go near them. The more I did of them, the more they kept shoehorning me into all this. Like, there's, I don't know who out there loves the shit in Far Cry where they're like, hey, I know you love running around an open world and like blowing up bisons and things going on fire, but what about a highly scripted drug tunnel <laughs> where it's like Shangri La? And you can't move. You have to so walk. So there's right, right? things again. In yeah. Here. And they're oh, like, those are never I don't yeah, walk. Those, and I don't know what focus group was like, this is the part we should double down on. They keep putting them there. Yeah. It's so weird. So uh, or, it's, This game to me feels like, you know that game where you take a piece of paper and you fold it three ways and you have each person draw a different part of like yep. one person draws the head, one person draws the body. This game feels like that where one person is drawing uh, – like Saints Row Three, one person's <laughs> drawing The Last of Us, and one person's drawing like The Division. Yeah, <laughs> and the end result is like this weird kind of Frankenstein, and that's that's a AAA game in 2019. It's a sure. lot of people yeah. pulling in different yeah. directions, yeah. and it is sort of an experimental, almost like budget price sort of. It's add-on. a weird AAA yeah. game, and that's yeah. It's yeah. just the problem with Far Cry as a franchise is that it was too good too soon. <laughs> Yeah, they knocked it out of the park. Like I think Far Cry Three is a borderline perfect game, and everything gameplay wise that they uh, could have improved upon, they did in four. And then anything they could have done tonally to sort of mix things up, they did with Blood Dragon. Mm -hmm. And then from there, they were like Primal plus other games. Like I was obsessed with Far Cry Three, and I kind of fell off of four, and I didn't even touch five. And I think part of it, I didn't touch Primal either. I think part of it is that other games just stole the outpost system and Mm -hmm. like you know if you're really into like hunting and skinning things you can play red dead like there's just so much out there right now that i feel like uh you're kind of right they kind of suffered from being too good too early and then everybody including ubisoft kind of took their own ideas well they also like they're incapable of really landing on whether they want to be serious or stupid and they do both and that's fine but i wish they went all the way in one direction and i wish they went all the way stupid that's where I want them to go. <laughs> I want them to go it's so close. Like, is the fact this one that leading are... more towards that? Yeah, I mean, sure. the fact yeah. that you ask, are there two-headed animals in this game? And we're like, no. And it's like, well, then why? Yeah. What's yeah. the point? Yeah. Like, even even Primal, it's like, are there dinosaurs? No, there aren't. Like, uh, Blood Dragon. Like, that's the closest it got to going really insanely over the top. And in this game, like, there's a double jump. You get a du- you're a mi- you're yeah. a human adult you get person. This, you get this thing called like Eden's gift, yeah. which is basically just superpowers. Because I haven't even gotten to the part in the story where that happens, yep. but you can do like super punches where you punch somebody, and then they just they just fly off, yep. just disappear. Double jumping just breaks the game in the best way possible. That's crazy. And Max and I played. We did two hours of co op for a stream the other day, and it was utter cartoon nonsense. It was an absolute blast. Like mm-hmm. we were just we were like you know punching proximity mines, and like blowing up goats and all this fun <laughs> stuff like that. And like I love all that, but this game was also like it it 
brings you down like Jacob's dark path and like you meet the twins and they're like they show some backstory of when they're kids and how you know growing up was hard. and you're like stop well, all, yeah. all the best it, stuff you guys are talking about is so disparate from how they initially yeah. pitched Far Cry 5 especially of this like very serious politically driven game and then the game came out and got a lot of flack for not really taking a side once it presented the politics existed yep. it didn't really go beyond that well and that, it's that's also like, I mean it's also weird because it's it's we're so sort of accustomed to what a post-apocalyptic game is yeah and I think there's definitely a space I would say the division does it really well where it's like what does a sort of post disaster type thing look like mm-hmm. but this feels like I don't know fallout on a on a budget with a style guide that didn't want to go too crazy yeah mm-hmm. like nothing I mean there's there's a radiation zone where when you go into it like a fog appears and it's like get out of the radiation zone I don't know what happens oh, that's after totally that. annihilation there's like yeah. more yeah there's like more flowers everywhere but and, it, that and might as well be like an invisible wall that's like yeah, you, yeah. You, we didn't finish this area yeah so and it's like there's yet. not like a you know there's no like rads per second like in yeah. fallout mm-hmm. and there's nothing like people aren't full mad max everyone's sort of like a little bit like X Games Perturbed meets Mad Max. Especially if it's only been, what, 18 years, you said? Like, that's mm-hmm. not long enough for any... It, that's a weird setting. I think it's especially weird when it's going to go up against Rage. Not really directly, but Rage is sort of this other, like, brightly colored, post-apocalyptic, half-humorous, yeah. half-serious game. I feel like is built from the ground up to be, like, a neon Mad Max. Yeah. Whereas yeah. this yeah. is sort of like, let's take this sort of quasi-political commentary on the Far Cry system. It, it, I don't know. It's... it. I, I don't want them to gut Far Cry because no, it, there's neither. so many so much great shit there, but yeah. I want them to like like I would love a forty dollar blood dragon. Yeah. 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 I don't know why they can't they keep being like, but close to that? No. No oh are we doing <laughs> this or not? Nah? Like no disrespect to the people who've written Far Cry games, but I want the next Far Cry game to start with story. The bad guys are here. <laughs> Finn. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, and then it's just then like, just oh, happens. bonus points for killing them as creatively as possible. And all of the years that you spend in writing and mo-capping cutscenes and stuff like that, you put that into fire mm-hmm. and animals <laughs> and sharks yeah. and grenades and like sword guns. Also, and- um, I'm sorry. Where the f*** are the bees? They yeah. have bees in four. The bees are gone. I'm there no, no so bees. There are no bees. The bees. Somebody went into the settings of this game and they took birds and they brought them down to like two and they took bees and they brought them down to one. There are like three beehives in this Where? whole game. Really? They're there. Yeah, there's one on the is bridge. That, is that tied to a trophy? Find the beehives? Probably, yeah, there's Give me f***ing sharks with laser beam eyes. Yep. Give me dogs that sharks. when they bark, they shoot bees out of their mouths. Yep. And give me a deer that has guns for antlers. If yeah. you told me that was a Far Cry game, I'd believe yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. like and that's that. the thing. It's like, I think you nailed it. They have to like pick a tone, you yeah. know, because like, and that was the criticism about Far Cry 5, the main game was it set itself up to have all this great commentary about, you know, the current state of America and like the kind of like this like idea of like the Midwest and didn't do anything with this. It. This was perfectly primed to be a goddamn open world idiocracy game. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, yeah. and that breaks my heart. I know, so, I know. They're so close. They're yeah. so close. I mean, but that's the thing is, again, bag of Doritos. I'm still having a fun time with yep. it. I'm still, like, running around and, like, the story isn't there for me, but it's a playground, which mm-hmm. is, at the end of the day, like, this is a sandbox game, which is uh, adjacent to the playground. Well, there, was, shit in there it. was that, like, year back-to-back where we got a reboot of, like, God of War, Breath of the Wild, and Assassin's Creed. And then we came in to this studio and we did every show and every idiot in our chair in the world did the same exact thing where they're like, what franchise should be rebooted next? I don't want to put Far Cry into that conversation because, like you said, I don't think it's broken enough to like start to scrap it entirely i don't think it's tired enough i just want them to like focus on the best parts of it cut the fat and just make a ridiculously over the top sandbox especially for a 40 dollar game like because i i love you know what like even when it doesn't work i like that they're doing weird stuff and trying kind of a smaller less than triple a scale to come out and be a little bit of a smaller game for a little bit cheaper Mm -hmm. like that is a good 
goal moving forward, but it sounds like they just need to swing really far in either direction. Yeah. Like if you're going to make like the thing about Blood Dragon that made it so successful is that it was so different. And, and, you know, they tried to make, uh, they made like trials blood dragon. Like oh, they didn't yeah. really, they continued that trials brand the in, dragon, in the way that like people didn't really want them to. But I think if they just experiment more and more, they can easily do something cool. And yeah. it sounds like it needs to be pretty bespoke. Like you can yeah. kind of tell the seams of where they patch things on to Far Cry it's 5. Just, yeah. Tell. It's yeah. so crazy because like Ubisoft Montreal, like they, are or at least were for the longest time the flagship studio for ubisoft and like obviously toronto has made amazing games you've you a lot of other studios doing stuff obviously massive has taken off but like i don't know like they have the talent to do whatever they want this feels like it's more of like a like brand limiting thing mm-hmm. and i wish they would just realize that far cry isn't really a consistent brand anyway so just it's get called with far it. cry it means yeah. like a giant leap from the last thing basically yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's mean, weird because <laughs> honestly since three the basic sort of fundamentals have stayed pretty much the same yep. yeah and it's always like almost like the thrill is always oh what's the intrigue here like you know who is who is pagan men like who are these sisters like who's you know jacob seed whatever and then you play it and you're like that's eh, stories all right and, you know, good performances and everything but mostly i just want to run around and shoot beehives and set people on fire yep. Uh, and then it's always like some weird kind of shuffling around of stats and skill trees and items and how that stuff comes together. And crafting mm-hmm. and all and, that, yeah. yeah. And in this one, it feels the most sort of – I feel like the most kind of watered down or the most like – Stripped down. Stripped sure. down. Yeah, not watered down. But like uh, one thing that really bugs me is the the damage system feels like more like RPG-ish. Like you've got – it has the damage numbers popping up, mm-hmm. which I really hated. Is, yeah, why is that in this game? Does I don't, it don't know. Help you in any way? No, it not felt, really. I mean, there are parts where it felt like it felt like the division, where I'm like shooting somebody with a shotgun, and they're just like chipping away at them, and I'm like, "You're a guy. You're a yeah. guy in a shirt. Just it, die." More arcadey or something? I don't know. Like, I, just, I don't. My thing I mean, is like Voss was a really cool villain in Far Cry Three, and it sounds like they've tried to just like replicate that in each of the games. They're yeah. like start with a big bad and build around them, and it seems like what they really need to focus on. I think you're right. Is gameplay mm-hmm. is like get the core of the gameplay stuff, and like it would be fine to not have a big bad or have it be like various pockets where you're fighting take down like eight enemies or whatever it is in this game's defense they do have one really cool thing which is expeditions which yeah. is effectively like everyone kind of makes a big you know hullabaloo of the fact that this is the same map from five but they have basically this weird cajun man with a helicopter at your base who's like i will take you on expeditions wherever you want to go and he'll take you to like a nuclear power plant a yeah. carnival alcatraz and they're basically giant outposts that you can Go and screw around in, and they're all they're all post apocalyptic, which is cool because yeah. it, it uh, implies that the explosion in Hope County at the end mm-hmm. of five spoilers if you didn't see the game awards <laughs> um, was big enough to like take out Alcatraz and a Alcatraz bridge. looks exactly the same as it always has. Yeah, yeah it's just kind of a wreck. <laughs> just kind of yeah. um, but those are really fun because you like fly in, you land your helicopter, you go to this beacon, uh, and then you pick up this like you know, MacGuffin basically. And as you're leaving, it ticks off a GPS system. So all the bad guys, even if you've been stealthing the whole time, are like, there he is. Mm-hmm. And they go chasing after you while you wait for your, your helicopter to bring you in. You can play them at different difficulties. It's really fun. Those are also you, awesome in co-op. Yeah. And it gets you out of, like Max and I did Alcatraz together and he was like sneaking along the beach and I'm standing on the roof just throwing meat into the <laughs> ceiling. And I'm like, I hope the bears come and scare everyone. <laughs> but what about the politics of the world, Brian? Yeah, Let's get- yeah, they're de- they're deep. It's- How did those dirt bike people get on the island of Alcatraz? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. But yeah. yeah, they start calling in boats and all this. It's really yeah, fun. It's, it's, that's cool. End I, of the day. So yeah, bottom line. End of the day. Far Cry is a very fun video game. It's still I don't, fun. Yeah. yeah. I I don't think Far Cry is going away, even though yeah. like, they're mm-hmm. misgivings about it. It's just 
I agree with you all. Like it needs to pick a point of view. It, yeah. really it yeah. needs to, to be from. as dumb as we are when we play it. Yeah, us, I, the two of us. Not the only. I, I don't know. Yeah. The most distinct way I can say this, and I don't want to take money out of anybody's pockets, but I don't know what you're doing this weekend. But go to your local grocery store and put five dollars in Red Box and get this game and just mess with it all weekend long. Yeah. Like it is the perfect. It is like just a fun toy. Do a bunch of expeditions, yeah. do a bunch of outposts, and then bring it back to the grocery store. I, end of the day, I, I Far Cry is just some of my favorite video game times yeah. where it's just like around junk food nonsense sandbox island. Yep. Where you're just like, throw the meat, the bear's going to come, but he's going to catch fire. Time to shoot the bees and get the <laughs> saw blade gone. It's just, I don't know. Well, like on the alternative side of this $40 more budget-priced game that it's a sandbox thing, play for a week and have a blast with that sort of stuff, we have also coming out this week uh, Anthem. Which is the polar opposite. Which yeah. is the polar opposite, and like right now, it is in that weird EA origin Excuse access. Me. Yes, that game isn't coming out this week. That game came out, came out two weeks ago. It's coming out this week. It comes out next week, and it'll also be coming out the week after that. Yeah. And, and in, depending and on in what six system. months when they release an update. Yeah, uh, yeah. So right now, happy fourth release date. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Anthem is in this weird place where it is available through like EA origin access premiere for PC players. Right, you can play ten hours of it on Xbox One if you have EA origin access. You will be able to play it in full on ps4 this friday it's mm-hmm. in this weird weird release schedule but uh in these early times of people playing it right now we've seen a lot of issues people are running into it will have a day one patch on the official launch day of this friday uh, of the week we're recording this episode and one of the big problems people are running into are load times people there was one example of a redditor put a video up of them waiting seven minutes for a mission to load and they were like able to go up do whatever they need to do for seven minutes come back we're seeing all these problems from the beta or the uh was it a beta or an alpha the VIP demo launch thing that they I, did. I, I think they literally used the word demo. I think it was not, VIP yeah. demo. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I think a lot of people approached it as it a beta. It was a beta, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we saw all of those things. We're seeing this also in the case of Apex Legends also just launching from EA. And I, I guess the first question I want to pose to you guys is, is there room for a game like Anthem to launch right now in the industry and succeed when it is facing so many problems at its launch like this. I think if you're going to come out and try and steal away some of the Destiny crowd, which is like, let's be real, that is like kind of the ghost that every publisher is chasing right now is sure. like, how do we get a game that's going to have, have this like committed audience that's like a hub world and it's always online and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're going to pull people away from Fortnite, pull people away from Destiny, you have to come out really solid. And especially if you're Bioware, who has had kind Ooh. of a tough time uh, with their last couple of games, like a tough seven years. Yeah. So I think, like, yes, they can do it. I think this game could have done it. It needed to launch a little stronger. And I think, like, now they're at, like, a really crucial point where if they're really, really good right now, if they address all the problems, if they keep updating it, if they give people a reason to stay, I think Anthem will do great. People are obviously interested in it. But, like, they really could drop the ball right now. Like, they're really in sink or swim mode. The the problem is with these, like, with this sort of, like, you know, multi-tiered release date system is that when your game is not finished... But you figure out a way to monetize the unfinished version of your game to the audience. That is great for your back end as a publisher developer because you can get a bunch of people to pay for early access for a full price game for 60 bucks or pay into some tiered structure for a subscription service. The issue with that though is that unfinished game gets judged by the populace at large and it gets reviewed by game journalists and it gets reacted to by streamers and influencers. And so your Metacritic is now effectively crushed from the jump 
And all of the YouTube videos are out there being like, Anthem has seven-minute load times. You know, this is not just like reviewers and critics are ruining games and all this, all this crap. I, I think game journalists, journalists have a, a basically antiquated perspective on re- putting a, fi- a score on a, on a game that isn't finished. But they are judging a, pro- a product that is out available right now and doing what they do best. And so are influencers, so are streamers. And everyone is taking this product that is, you know, not finished yet that's getting a day one. But what is a day one, day one patch a week also, after? Right. To be fair, though. Like this wasn't like an early access thing, like for six months, like a lot of other games. This is one week early, you yeah, know. Like, like yeah. the people, like they weren't going to change that stuff by well, release date. No, I, I'm yeah. sure the like devs at Bioware would like would not like to have that game out there in the state for a week when they were playing yeah. that. I agree. Patch for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and I'm not saying you're blaming the. Bioware yeah, no, no, yeah. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. Saying, I, yeah, it's this weird publisher developer divide i think i think everybody loses in this scenario yeah i don't i don't actually see any winners here and that sucks i don't i I think gamers are getting access to uh, unfinished product early i think reviewers are scoring something that um still needs work and is still getting patches i think like influencers and streamers are are uh playing something that's broken and i think the developers are are walking out with egg on their face and there's maybe some ceo at the top that's like we figured out how to get 20 bucks out of some Mm -hmm. kid early who wouldn't have given us anything but i don't think there's any winners here that's sucks the part where people pay money to get on this thing that isn't ready yet uh i also think that that's like i think it's asinine to give a numbered score to something when it's just fresh out of the oven uh i think that this is like i love i love kotaku's review score where they're like yes no not yet yeah not yet this is definitely a not yet thing as was the case with i don't know destiny overwatch PUBG, Fortnite, like all of these massive games, they need to react to their their community. Mm-hmm. Like you have to put them out in the wild and see what happens and like they're reactive games. So for us to be like, the game is out. It is a 7 out of 10. Like who is that helping? Yeah. Like we need to like, patch our reviews if that's the case. If and, Anthem can sustain yeah. itself in 6 months, that game will probably look pretty different than it right. does. I mean, well, especially I, like oh, I did the VIP demo. I went to I mean, you know, full disclosure, I did a, a sponsored shoot for Anthem and I was sort of like, oh, I hope this works. I hope this is okay. And it was <laughs> it was me and three other uh uh whatever influencer host people playing together on a public demo, which was definitely a shaky thing. We had like a full like studio crew and we did have some some issues. That was of course the demo where it was like, you know, we having you're having server issues. This is a this is a a living, breathing online thing that requires, you know, some technical hiccups. Mm-hmm. Um so I was like, yeah, this is I I'm glad it it worked out. It came out okay. Uh obviously seeing this thing like out in the wild, I'm like, I want to play it. I want to jump back in there, but I've learned my lesson from so many of these, like these shared world experiences where you got to wait for the dust to settle. Yeah. And they get like, if you look at destiny and destiny Two, actually, like they kind of stumble out of the gate and then their first big expansion was what won people back over, right. I yeah. think. And so like, you know, I, Anthem has been pretty good about making it clear. Like they're going to support this game. Like, like they're in it for the long haul. Like mm-hmm. I think, I think EA they, and said, were both. they said 10 years, right? Yeah. yeah. So just, like, we're going to see big changes and it, yeah. it's just a matter of like, if they're the right changes, like yeah. that's the thing. If, if they're, if the updates are great and frequent and if the first expansion is well received, it's, it's like way too early to be like, Oh, well, that's it for Anthem. Yeah. Like, of course, you know, yeah. I, I don't want to declare like Anthem dead right now because like I personally, I can't wait to fly around like me too. Iron man on an yeah. alien. Yeah. yeah I definitely want to play it. I, yeah. I think, yeah, the thing for me is like, what do you guys think? Obviously, the day one patch will not solve every problem. What can Bioware do well going forward? Because I've seen, I'm really impressed by the way Respawn's handling Apex Legends right now. Yeah. Uh, over the weekend on their Reddit, uh, someone from the team, forgive me, I'm forgetting his name, uh, his or her name, but they mentioned that they are looking to do daily updates on that Reddit thread to tell the community what they're updating, what they're addressing, mm-hmm. what they know is an issue. Uh, and obviously that front facing, 
idea, having someone to be able to have those conversations is important. What do you mm-hmm. think Bioware should be doing knowing there may be issues that persist? Well, I, I think the, the thing is with Apex is that like the, that core, the fundamentals of that game were, were cooked. Right, like they were there, they were ready to go, um, and then anything anything you add on that, if you like decrease, you know, bullet damage and like increase bushes or whatever, like that's all great to tell people every day. Add new skins and stuff like that. I feel like with something like Anthem, like this is Anthem is one of the six big AAA games that has launched in the last week and a half in February, and so like you 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 really like. You only get one shot with a lot of stuff like that, and you have to wait. Like either I jump in now early and it's undercooked, or I wait six months and everybody's way better than me, and I don't like. There's, I think Anthem's going to do better at that than Destiny has. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Uh, just based on like sort of how I've what I've seen with what they're doing with with systems and stuff. There was a there was a great thread that a couple people from Bioware were on on Twitter where they were just like, "Let me let us answer all your questions." And it was this was like before the demo was even up, and it was saying how like they're doing a lot of, to sort of scale difficulty. And it seems like in that sense, it's uh, almost like less competitive. Like it's more about like everyone's kind of leveling up together than it is about like getting high enough level for the raid or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it, it seems like they're definitely sort of like, you know, one eye looking over at Destiny's paper to be like, how can we like improve on that? How can right. we deal with that? Uh, but yeah, I think this is I, like I really want to play it. The, the flying around is is awesome. But y- I'm going to wait until it's ready. You know, yeah. I'm wait until it's done. I think it's smart to launch it in February because it's sort of like yeah, there's no good time to launch something like this. Mm-hmm. But like by the time a lot of people are looking at, you know, buying, you know, buying new systems and new games and stuff this fall, it's going to be like I think it's going to be pretty solid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seeing a big update in the fall would be pretty likely and they can address things, bring in new players and also reward the players who have been there from the start. I think E3 is going to be really interesting for them because, uh, you know, assuming E3, EA is still doing a conference, I would guess it's going to be mostly about Anthem and Apex Legends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really weird spot to be in. It's, uh, it's really weird to compare the two, though. Yeah. Because one we yeah. found out about less than a month ago. And it and came out, and everyone loves it, and yeah. it's free. Yeah. And the other one people pre-ordered when it was announced at E3 last year, and everyone's like, don't pre-order yet. It's not ready. The yeah. other thing is, like, Titanfall 2, I don't think, did well commercially. Like, it didn't sell super well, but critically, I feel like people pretty universally really, really liked yeah. it. And yeah. so, like, Respawn isn't really in the doghouse the way that Bioware was. Yeah. And so I think that, like, a lot of people, like, even if Anthem had come out and been the most perfect game of all time, I definitely think there would have been people who were just out for Bioware's heads already mm-hmm. and so like i do feel like they have a little bit of an uphill battle but i i want to see them succeed like yeah. i really like man did i love mass effects like <laughs> I, I just i really would love to see uh bioware kind of like you know with this new dragon age they have cooking and with this like i i want to see that brand kind of bounce back a little bit so i'm i'm hoping that we're gonna get a bunch of updates and at e3 they're gonna blow everyone away with whatever the first like big new change is and it'll yeah. come out in the fall and blah 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 so mm-hmm. we'll see what's interesting is this is sort of launching in the same window in the console cycle as destiny did with last gen like it kind of destiny sort of popped up like tail end of that was that was cross-platform right that was destiny was i think the very beginning of was it, it was very beginning yeah it was like 2014 yeah. but it was available that was out for yeah. ps3 and 360 right i think it launched on yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah destiny one did yeah so like yeah. obviously if they've got a 10-year plan anthem is going to be on yeah. next gen consoles yeah yeah that's what the hell that means you know the rumors that uh next fall like 2020 is going to be when next gen starts coming out and like yeah there are a lot of these games right now like a lot of things like like don't survive that gap yeah. you know between generations like that's why like i feel like you see Obviously, Call of Duty is still, you know, the number two best-selling game of, of the year, of last year. Like, it did fine. But 
I do think uh, it's hard to keep that going for years and years and years. It's a totally different generational gap where like will progress of Apex and Fortnite and PUBG and all those things carry over to yeah. the PS5 and the Xbox too. Like that may factor into a lot of people's buying decisions yeah. and stuff. It's going to be mean, a weird. It really is. Like uh, it, this is like the most exciting time to cover this industry in yeah. my opinion. Like as all the next gen rumors start ramping Good up. time to quit doing that. Yeah. <laughs> what perfect timing, Andrew. <laughs> uh, Andrew, moving on to something you can talk about. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts 3. May your know, heart be your guiding key. I know we've talked about it a bit here. Yeah. Uh, but this is my ha- first time talking about it. We it's haven't had you on the trip yeah. to talk about it. Uh, Brian and Max, if you guys want to take a nap for five minutes, I no, understand. That's cool. Well, you listen uh, to us yell about the Far Cry animals and the sharks and uh, stuff. Andrew, you haven't beaten Kingdom Hearts 3, but you're I think I'm to literally the at the final save point, Yeah, you're right? essentially it, like, in like the final. I'll guy. beat it tonight. I think, I think I have like two hours left. So um, without spoiling too much or anything, how are yeah. you feeling about it as a whole? As someone who's like played <sighs> the series but not. Yeah, so I've played like. Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 and most of Dream Drop Distance, and that's basically it. Mm-hmm. And when I told you that, you were like, you're not going to get like 80% of the stuff going <laughs> on. You have to play Chain of Memories and Birth by Sleep. And it's like I decided not to do that to see how confused I'd be coming in. And the answer is not very. I know, mm-hmm. I feel like it, it is so exposition heavy. I've been fine on plot because mm-hmm. every time someone comes in, they like turn to the camera and be like, you may remember me from such hits as that time Sora was asleep for a million years. And, <laughs> a goofy and like, movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like, which they're, I they're, incorrectly reviewed for IGN. Yeah. yeah. Good yeah. job on yeah. that. They, I, I do really like, uh, that it explains stuff to you. So I haven't yeah. felt lost. I think, uh, it, it, it's age shows a little bit. Uh, we've talked about this, uh, yeah. privately. Weird word for that. <laughs> um, but I, I think, uh, some of the earlier worlds, like some of the Pixar worlds, especially when you're in, um, the Monsters Inc. world and Toy Story world, they look great. The textures are great. They they really are like very pretty, but they feel almost like PS1, PS2 era games in that they are completely empty. Like you're doing everything and everything looks good, but you never see an NPC. There's never like anything to interact with. They're reserved to like cutscenes. But then like Pirates is the total opposite of that. Pirates yeah. is huge and fully featured and, and it really does feel like a modern like 2018, 2019 game. And so I just I feel like the work that they did from like a decade ago <laughs> just crept into this game. It's really fascinating. Interesting. Uh I am really liking it though. I think uh the combat is so fun. Like as more of a Final Fantasy guy than a Kingdom Hearts guy, I am very I, I really do love that after battles the way you're normally summon like bahamut to crush everything yeah you summon like a carousel like i, <laughs> I do think like the attractions work really really well this time yeah. um i love the links I, I think that was a really smart way to like get like some like cool characters in that don't have worlds this time it, it's just it's i don't know just I, the, I, the faces on max and Brian. Right i find it i like, find it very charming i'm enjoying it no but as you're going through like you're getting to the end game of the story mm-hmm. um with worlds being empty and stuff some of them and then some being more fully featured. How do you feel knowing the story somewhat but having some gaps? Like are you enjoying it or do you feel yeah, like it's I really am. Pacing? I, the individual stories of each world for the most part are very good. Mm-hmm. The uh, overarching story, I am still confused about where it's going. Mm-hmm. Like there are a lot of things that they're treating as really big reveals that don't feel like really big <laughs> reveals. Uh, but I, you, you told me I'm in for a gauntlet of cutscenes uh, towards the end. Yeah, so. some big battles and a lot of long cutscenes. Yeah, there are a lot of characters where I do remember them from Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. And I, I, I'm like, oh, yeah, this does ring a bell. And then there are a lot of things I'm like, I don't understand. Why is Marluxia Lark- here? Yeah, or, yeah. Larkseen. Larkseen? Yeah, all your favorites, yeah. Uh, Larkseen? Yeah. Larkseen. So the, yeah. whole, the whole thing is that they're, uh, the, the bad guys basically are good guy character names that they add an X to in Scramble. Mm-hmm. So you'd be like Zabrian. <laughs> Zabrian. So like the, it's a 
They spent 20 years doing pig Latin. I mean, yeah, yeah kind of. Yeah. Zigbar last week yeah. is. Oh, you already Greg, have an actual. Greg is Zigbar. Oh, yeah. He would be Zazam. <laughs> that's, a, that's a cool name. Zazam. Zay Max. Um, yeah. I have a question. Yes. And I, it's really weird because pretty much everything I know about Kingdom Hearts has been like via Twitter osmosis where friends of mine will just like argue with each other about it. I'm like, what are you saying? What is that <laughs> gif? And I saw somebody, this jumped out at me because I have, I pay attention when things mention Winnie the Pooh. Mm. I saw that somebody said, you don't need to, you don't need to mess with the Winnie the Pooh segment. So I love the Winnie the Pooh segment. The Winnie the Pooh has been quite contentious. I it's hear like it, so yeah. I thought. I it's like a, just aghast that anything Winnie the Pooh could be divisive. It is but a, please it tell really me about it. It's like a 30 minute optional world it's it's what essentially <laughs> it's like a 30 minute to 45 minute depending on how long you want to spend with it. it's like three or four mini games that you yeah. play through and it's essentially like Pooh and his friends need your help and each time you've been winnie the pooh has been in kingdom hearts one two and three each time you go into a storybook of winnie the pooh winnie uh and his friends need help the art style totally changes you would actually really like it it's like it, it's drawn like a storybook so okay. it's like yeah. it has like this weird like almost like self-shaded kind of look but you don't need to finish it to beat the whole game and it what is are the mini games they're like do you have to of, get his ass yeah. unstuck from that tree with a hole <laughs> it, in it in one of the like older cover games yourself in shit and go on a balloon up in the tree to get the honey out of there <laughs> it's like draw three, his ass. <laughs> it's three it's three farming games it's like one where you collect all the vegetables <laughs> nail it's all rabbit mini games yeah it's kind of yeah really some of them are like honey collection ones like pick the proper fruits but they're all essentially like is it match is there one where you make Tigger jump higher than the trees? No, not no. in this one. But what about there. when you make Christopher Robin wake up and realize he has depression and these are his various psychoses <laughs> that he's you're materialized as animals? That's your Christopher the, Robin. Isn't that oh, just really? the Ewan McGregor film? Yeah, that's just that yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that world's been really weirdly divisive. People are unhappy with like The Keyblade's really funny because they keep honey out of it. It's no. so gross. No? No, Heffalumps are woozles. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That sucks. What about Gopher? Yeah. Is, he, is he there? Gopher's there. Yeah, go- yeah. And it's all the original voices from like the animation. Yeah, the Keyblade's really great though because it's it's a collection of honey pots, like essentially stacked on each other yeah. to make a key. You shoot that sounds disgusting. And that when, actually when you, grosses me out. That, that sounds like that sounds like a wasp. That when, sounds like putting your mouth on a controller at GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds horrible. Why don't they just? That? Why, why would they, it be so for sticky the, for the key? Why don't they just have one of those big honey dipper things? Like that the, would make like a lot the of then you'd look like the Honey Nut Cheerios bee when you ran around with it. Because when you transform your Keyblade from the Winnie the Pooh world, all the pots break apart and form into two guns that shoot honey at your enemies. What? No. Yeah, it's cool. And then those. Well, Far Cry doesn't have giant. enough bees for me. Maybe I'll be playing Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Maybe you should play Kingdom. Well, one of the things I want. I really to don't ask think Eeyore should have a gun. <laughs> He doesn't get one this time. Okay, good. Look for Kingdom Hearts 4, though. Uh, Harry Loisitis, I'm probably mispronouncing Harry Loisitis. Loisitis. He's Excuse awesome, me. by the way. He's I got a good man. Yeah. Uh, asked, what I DLC have... world would you want to see in Kingdom Hearts 3? And Andrew, you and I have talked actually a lot about like the DLC we'd want to see in Kingdom Hearts. That's yeah. why I wanted to. I mean, it's funny. The, the Winnie the Pooh model, I think, would work if they did a quick 40-minute world. Not necessarily yeah. a storybook, but like a, a little bite-sized optional one. I think, uh, a hundred acres or bust for something like that. I do think I'd want to see like a lot of the links covered the stuff I would want to see. Yeah. So like, and also previous games have, right. But like it's Lion like, King's been in there, but if they exactly. returned to it, I wouldn't be upset. I'd, yeah. I'd probably like, pay three ninety nine for heffalumps, four ninety nine for woozles. I think, uh, I think, uh, you pay by the woozles. Lilo and Stitch is a fun one. Yeah. I think they, I, it's a weird thing. Cause like, if we're talking full featured worlds, that would be like major DLC. I think they would have to do something with a stronger story. Yeah. Which well, to me means like, Something else with Pixar? I, I would love to see them add like an Olympus Coliseum sort of thing. Like the battle gates yes. at the end yeah. don't really do it enough for me. So have they done Lion King? Challenge. They did yeah. in Kingdom Hearts. They just Hearts talked 2. about that. Yeah. 
They, just, they were just talking about the line. I don't know where your head went in the last <laughs> 10 minutes, but it definitely wasn't where mine was, which was at a different table. <laughs> well, that's what I wanted to ask. Would there be anything that would get either of you to like want to play Kingdom Hearts 3 if they added a Marvel world or a Star Wars Hell world? Hell no. Wars, Keep right? that Star out Star Wars? No. Yeah. No. no. Goofy movie, it... Rescuers Down Under, okay. The Black Cauldron, Man of the House. <laughs> Man of the House would be great. Yeah. <laughs> this, Chevy this point, Chase, Jonathan Taylor Thomas killing I love, gangsters. I, I love these ideas, but you would put them so deep into something that I don't like that it'd be like putting a peanut M&M in a graveyard <laughs> and telling me to go find it. <laughs> they would like, probably say, like, like, oh, 30 hours in, you get to meet Timon and Pumbaa. And I'm like, but what do I have to do to get there? And they're like, well, there's a guy with metal shorts <laughs> giant shoes. <laughs> oh my God. And he has more buckles than, than anything in history. And you have to listen to him talk, and he's going to tell you stories that you'll never understand, <laughs> even if you read six books and read four and played forty games. Look, those conversations only take like twenty minutes. Okay. <laughs> it's also it's funny to me because normally I'd be like, "Oh man, stop picking on Sora," but everyone in the game is as mean to Sora. They're as you real, are. right? Yeah. Okay, I'm not crazy. I didn't want to talk about this pre-launch, but the game is really mean to Sora. Yeah, Sora is every human Sora. character's name, right? Yeah, yeah every like human the main, is yeah. named Sora. He's Haley Joel Osment. Yeah. Okay. Still, Haley yeah. Joel Osment yeah. in his like late thirties, playing a sixteen-year-old. Yeah, I mean, when I beat it, I I would love to talk about. Spoilery Further stuff to do at some yeah. point, yeah. Because yeah. I, I do like there are things I think it does really well. Um, it, I've already kind of seen some of the post game stuff that. Uh, do, I, do any Disney characters die? You'll have to play. Most of, most of the out. parents die in Disney movies. That's, that's true. true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that happens a lot in this game. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk more spoiler filled details with you at some point. Maybe yeah, before that. you leave, uh, but we'll figure that out. That Winnie the Pooh stuff is super disappointing, you guys. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I'm sorry, dude. Thank you for honestly explaining what was up with the Winnie the Pooh things. Because I'm happy to. I don't know. It's weird to see people arguing about the works of A.A. Milne in regards to a Square Enix game. My favorite thing about Kingdom Hearts is the opening <laughs> credits are – this is my favorite thing about Kingdom Hearts – is in the opening credits, they always will be like, these characters owned by Disney, these by Pixar, these by Square Enix. But Winnie the Pooh is always separate. It is mm-hmm. like a separate registered trademark than anything really? from Disney. So Winnie the Pooh will always get his like proper own trademark page. So it's like <laughs> when like a really reputable actor is in some indie movie and it's like and a lot of uh, yeah. Smash Brothers is like that for a lot of things too. Like if you look at the bottom of either the the Earthbound Mother Amiibo, it's like it's specifically credited Shigesato Otoi oh, as, as creating it separately from Nintendo. That's really cool. Uh, well, Andrew, we did bring you on. I want to jump into a trophy test uh, because mm-hmm. we brought you on. Sorry about that noise. Big buck hunter. Yeah. I made a Persona 5 trophy test for you. Oh, because you nice. you platinum this game in both the English release and the Japanese release. It, oh, this is so much pressure because now it's like if I miss so if you one, get it everyone's going to be like, oh, you fake game. Yeah. So if you don't know Trophy Test, uh, each week uh. I come up with both real and fake trophies and ask the panel to guess which is the real trophy of those two. God, I don't remember the names of so many of these so trophies. I'll give you the name and the description. Okay. So hopefully are we all – are we participating in this? You thing? are both participating as well. Oh, man. The thing is though, killed. Andrew has to go last each round. I don't okay. want him spoiling what the answer is. Yeah, okay, really okay. that's a good idea. So you two will answer first. Uh, so I have six trophy duos here. Please tell me which of these is the real. Okay. Andrew, you are so stressed. Yeah, well, it's, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> okay, the first is I am thou, the real trophy. I am thou is to obtain a persona through negotiation. Or thou art I, which is to max out the strength confidant social link. One is real. You're saying one. I am thou is real? I agree with yeah, one. That's I am thou, one. Andrew? I agree. You're all correct. Yes. Number one is the real one. Hopefully yeah, I didn't make finish that game. I like those swamp horses. So good. How far in are you? How many palaces? No, I got into the dungeon. I think I got through the first dungeon. Okay, you get to you the part like where Winnie the Pooh now. gets stuck in the wall. <laughs> to the sixth dungeon. You get dungeon. to the part where Winnie the Pooh gets stuck in the wall. <laughs> I want to romance it. <laughs> you can only Drops romance Gophert. It's, it's kind of a bummer. Okay, moving on. Is the city's big belly 
the real trophy. The city's big belly is to complete the Big Bang Burger Challenge or the city's hard hitter, which is to hit a home run at the batting cages. Which of those is real? Two. Two. You're saying the, the city's hard hitter? The baseball one. Andrew? Er, those are both trophies. I don't remember the names. It's probably the second one. I'll go with the second one. You'll, you're saying trophies. Yeah, both trophies. <laughs> the city's hard hitter? Yeah, sure. Okay. Another the correct answer is the city's hard hitter. <laughs> yeah. you, both, you all got that one right. All I, right. I did not do well on these. I love that. <laughs> <sighs> Moving on. Is around the town the real trophy? Around the town is to bring a romantic partner to every hangout spot. That's weird. Or That's weird drink fanatic to buy every kind of drink from vending machines. Two. Which is the real one? Trophy? Is the real one to bring them to all the places? Every hangout spot, Andrew. Which drink one? Drink fanatic. Drink fanatic. The real one is drink fanatic. Sorry, Brian. Damn it! I remember doing that because there's two that are only in one vending machine, Naki Habra. It's really see. I know this because Persona is is just the anime Yakuza. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Or Yakuza is Persona for men. <laughs> wow. Ooh. Uh, moving on is. Full arsenal, the real trophy. Full arsenal is to fully upgrade every gun. Or is under the table goods, the real trophy. Under the table goods is to customize a gun. Is it full arsenal or under the table goods? Brian. One is the real one. Full arsenal? <laughs> Two is the nice. answer that I pick. Ooh. Andrew? Uh, I know there's a trophy for customizing a gun, so I'll say two. You both are correct. Sorry, Brian. Another one down. It doesn't matter. You, you don't, I don't know what that move yeah, is. I, I lost. You. Yeah. you can come back. There are two left. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on. by myself. Right now, Andrew and Max have four points. Brian has two. Uh, moving on to the next one. Is Craftworker the real trophy? Craftworker is to create all types of infiltration tools or crafting an obsession, which is to craft any item 30 times. Which of those is real? Craftworker or crafting an obsession? Two. two, two crafting an obsession? Two. Second one. Max? I'm going to go with one. Okay. One. You are both correct. Craftworker is the real trophy. I'm Sorry, actually, Brian. I'm trying to throw them my games That's as hard as <laughs> <toilet laughs> possible tonight. Doing good. What did no, I that, pick there? You, you picked make one of every Craftworker. Yeah. Oh, okay. Craft all types. So I won. You did. Good. Yes. Moving on to the final trophy. Is it power that connects, which is to perform a baton pass three times in a single turn? Or avenging angel? Win a battle with only Joker left standing alive. So is it power that connects, perform a baton pass three times in a single turn, mm-hmm. or avenging angel, win a battle with only Joker left standing alive? Max, I'm going to ask you first. Mm. Power that connects or avenging angel? Let's say two. Avenging angel. Avenging angel. Brian? Two. Andrew. Power that connects. It's power that connects. Sure. And Andrew, with one point ahead, you win. Yeah, that, that felt like cheating. It was also really hard. <laughs> I was wondering, like, yeah, like how was it? Yeah. Imagine playing that game for 400 hours more than everyone and only being one point ahead. <laughs> I played like 10 hours of that game. Yeah. And you did pretty Very well. Game. Yeah, you Thank only you. lost by one Very point. Good. Congratulations. Sorry, Brian. You oh, it's okay. Few points. That's, that's all right. That's, that's, I, there's nothing there that I ever would have won. <laughs> <laughs> you know what sucks is I turn off, like I turn off pop-up notifications because we have to do like live streams sometimes. Yep. Oh, yeah. And so I don't see a lot of trophies. And then occasionally I'll be like, I'll be like, time to go to bed, and I'll like go to the home screen, and then I'll be like, what a strange trophy! Oh well, anyway, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know, I don't try to hunt that stuff. Well, that's what you're very good at this. Like I feel like I this check is them a, constantly. This is a, a, a 
potential like a weird future avenue for you. I yeah. think so. My yeah. Patreon for making up trophies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And actually, that'd be a really cool job if you just went from studio to studio making up trophy titles. Pitch some trophies. And like, they're like, please leave. <laughs> I just show up at the door. <laughs> you stand there and you're like, eat 70 eggs. The egg eater. And they're like, there's no eggs in this game. Get out of our house. They got rid of eggs in The Last of Us Part That's 2. That's true. Uh, thank you all so much for playing this weird game that I have spent way too much time f- making up fake trophies. Anytime, man. It's a fun time. It's a fun uh, time. Brian, when you're not on Beyond, where can people find you? Where do you uh, to? I'm at Agent Bizzle on Twitter, and I'm also on Nintendo Voice Chat here at IGN. Awesome. And Max, where are you? I'm Max Scoville on Twitter and on Instagram. I've been posting pictures of all sorts of models and stuff I've been building. Ooh. I actually, I've been doing a lot of Gundam stuff lately, which uh, I actually... Full confession, that's something I really like in Anthem is the robot customization is incredibly robust. It seems really detailed. Dude, and I just yeah. want to build Gundams in there. I want to make the an customs Italian. you've been posting have been so good across the board. Like, Thanks, man. Like from the miniatures you're making to uh, I saw you did a Jules custom yeah. figure. Yeah, you know like, that, you're so good. You know that like that Simpsons where like Bart can't see the itchy and scratchy movie so he like reads the book? Like I felt <laughs> like that with Anthem where I'm like, well, I don't have the game. I'll just build my real robot. <laughs> <laughs> How long does like one roughly take you? A Gundam? Yeah. I've been working on that one since 2012. Okay, so but I moved like seven. I don't know. It and depends you have a dedicated how much room now, right? Yeah, it depends how much time you want to spend on it. You yeah, can okay, you cool. can just kind of go insane and spend forever on one. You know, yeah. If you want to, uh, Jules one came out. Great. If you haven't already seen it, you should look on Twitter. Uh, Max made his dad a really really cool like miniature version of his car. That was yeah. Very that one's getting amazing. very b- yeah. big into totally unrelated to work hobbies. I do have a uh, ridiculous model kit of the Metal Gear Sahelanthropus from Metal Gear Solid oh, Five, cool. which I will be doing bad things to at some that point. Did. Feel free to bring it here. Oh, oh yeah, I don't know what that last part. Whatever. Yeah, whatever that bad things. It's sex. (laughs) I am going to have sex with the plastic model kit, and then I will go to the emergency room. Fair enough. Uh, Andrew, when you are not with Max making sure he's okay in the emergency room, where can people find you? It's a tough visit to a company you want. You're his new personal assistant. Uh, I'm on Twitter at IGN for life. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Garfep and... uh, yeah, I think maybe I'll be on again next week. Hopefully, yeah. Or maybe a Kingdom Hearts thing. I don't know. I'll be around. Um, yeah, if I'm not back. Well, no, I'll be back. I'll be back next week. So you're really like just teasing everything possible. And I am at JM Dormush on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you all so much for joining us for Beyond episode 579. Remember, episodes go live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.ign.com. And as always, Beyond. 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 Yeah. Beyond. It's sex. <laughs> our new catchphrase. That's catchphrase. <laughs> Gold Farm's new show. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.